Hi, this is episode number 47 of Highlighting the Best of Youth Sports. Today we had an opportunity to speak with Dr. Julie Stamm and discuss her new book, The Brain on Youth Sports, The Science, The Myths, and The Future. We had a very good discussion on why we love sports and why all kids should have the opportunity to experience the many benefits of playing sports while remaining safe and healthy. This is an important topic that we know you'll appreciate. Before we get into today's full episode, we want to again say thank you to all our listeners. We just reached another milestone, surpassing 4,000 downloads. If you haven't done so yet, please leave a rating and review. It helps the show grow and reach more people, get new guests, and improve and bring you more content. Highlighting the best of youth sports is brought to you by our company, Numbers Don't Lie Productions. We're here to provide you with a highlight video editing resource to support your youth sports journey. We created a simple, quick, and low-cost process that helps you create highlights that document that journey and showcase your athletes. We have featured thousands of athletes in over 40 states and 15 countries. Schedule a free consultation and learn more today at numbersdontlie.biz. Now let's get into this episode. Welcome to Highlighting the Best of Youth Sports, where we bring you insights from top athletes, their sports journey, and those positively impacting the youth sports community. If you're ready like we are, let's go. Welcome, everyone. Uh, Today we have Dr. Julie Stamm, author of The Brain on Youth Sports, The Science, The Myths, and The Future. Julie, welcome to highlighting the best of youth sports. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're, we're glad to have you and uh, we're definitely interested in learning more about the book and this uh, important topic uh, for, for our audience as well and learning about brain injuries and how to avoid them and um, just things that we can look for as parents, as, as coaches and people involved in youth sports. So Julie, let's start with you taking a few moments to tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your sports and medical background and how you came to write this book. Yeah, um, I was a three-sport high school athlete. I played volleyball, basketball, and softball in a small town in central Wisconsin. I love sports. Um, I grew up watching, you know, the the Packers, and um, I'm a Dolphins fan in Packer country, but still love the Packers. Uh, I grew up watching the Badgers, uh, Wisconsin Badgers. Um, so I've, I, much of my life revolved around sports when I was growing up. Um, I was always interested in health, also. And so athletic training was a great fit for me, um, learning about sports medicine. So at the University of Wisconsin, I studied athletic training. I had the opportunity to work with um, amazing athletes there, some who are Olympians, some who have played professionally in various sports. I also spent some time in strength and conditioning there as well. Uh, And then I really became interested in studying concussions in the brain with, uh, an experience with a high school football player and just seeing how, uh, this injury affected so much of his life beyond just sports, you know, into friendships and school. Uh, and that's where I really became interested in that. And then went on to study, um, CTE and the long-term consequences at Boston university. Uh, and this book really spurred from some of that research. And there's a lot of debate 
uh, about this topic throughout sports and various sports. And uh, there are a lot of extremes, you know, people saying, don't play sports at all. And other people saying, we don't know everything, so we know nothing. And um, really reality fell somewhere in between. And that really spurred me to write the book to counter some bad myths and explain what we actually know about the science of uh, repetitive brain trauma and concussions in sport. So l- let's dive right into some topics of the book and, and then we'll hit some additional youth sports topics. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to start on a, a positive note because it, you know, we, we talked a little bit before we started recording this, that this is a deeper topic. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to start on a positive note uh, and then we in and then we can get into the the other topics as well. So um, tell us what some of the benefits are that come from playing sports. I know you hit a lot on that and, and the, the positive aspects of sports. So can you just tell us what you've learned are the benefits of, of youth sports? Oh, yeah, there are so many benefits of playing sports. And it was so important to me to highlight that early because I think, you know, sometimes that gets lost in all of this conversation and uh, there are physical benefits. So Uh, just exercise as a whole and moving is so important for the body. And when we do that as children, we're much more likely to develop those uh, healthcare health habits, physical activity habits uh, as adults and and keep going as an adult. So that's really important. Um, Psychologically, there are so many benefits, especially from team sports. And this can be from any sport um, in general, but team sports that, you know, having a team around you to support you is so important. And it has many psychological benefits for athletes. Um, the life skills that are learned in sports, you know, discipline, work ethic, um, how to work as a team, how to be humble and winning and how to accept defeat because we never win all of all the games, you know, um, all, all of that is so, so important. Um, I could go on for a long time about, no, I, I, I think that's great. And, and I think we, we both agree and, Sports has been a huge part of my life. It's a huge, huge part of my, my kid's life, but also as a parent, um, you know, especially with head injuries, that definitely has always been, uh, one of the, uh, more concerning topics and, um, just risks that are in, are involved with sports. And, you know, you're constantly worrying about that in the back of your head as, as a parent, um, so l- let's, let's start talking about it. Can you explain some of the key issues about brain injuries, CTE and trauma that are just absolutely vital for parents to be aware of, uh, as they choose, um, different sports to, for their kids to participate in? Yeah. So I think, you know, if we talk about just starting with concussions, parents should really be aware of what a concussion is what qualifies as a concussion. Um, that's something that we've learned in research that many people don't know what a concussion is. So when you ask someone, well, have you ever had a concussion or has your child ever had a concussion? People will say a a lower number or they'll say no, even though they have had one, uh, just because they don't know what it is. So uh, a concussion really has occurred anytime that you've had a hit to the head or a blow to the body that jostles the head. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't actually have to hit your head. Um, and, and if you have that happen and you have symptoms really for any amount of time, so that can include, um, confusion, dizziness, nausea, um, sensitivity to light or noise, um, just feeling in a fog headache, things like that. So, uh, being aware of that also getting your bell rung, you know, we used to not think of that as a concussion or seeing stars, but we're learning now that that happens for a reason. 
And it's happening because something is going on in your brain. Right. So we're more likely to call that a concussion now too. And with kids, especially kids don't always know how to communicate those symptoms. So they don't necessarily know that what they're feeling uh, is a concussion or they don't know how to describe what they're feeling. So that's where getting to know your athletes, whether that's as a parent or as a coach and being able to tell when something's a little off um, is really, really important. Parents, especially are in the best place possible to know their child. Right. So being aware and, um, you know, I definitely recommend going to the CDC website. They have great materials for parents there too, on just the things to look for, um, in athletes. So that's really important. And then managing that correctly as coaches, taking the athletes out of the game, um, or the practice, if there's any doubt, sit them out, um, you know, take them out because their long-term health is more important than that one practice or that one game would be, you know, now for organizations, let's just say little league pop Warner football, different things like Mm -hmm. that. Do you think enough is being done on the, the training side of things for those organizations? It's, it's so tough because they're all volunteer organizations and, and -hmm. they're also very difficult to, uh, manage and provide proper oversight. Um, do you think they're providing enough training and, and is there a national standard out there? You know, you mentioned the CDC, but is there a training program that some of these organizations and leagues can look to, to, to adopt and, and implement in their organizations? I think the CDC has great materials. I think there are a lot of other um, programs out there that are growing now that are also great. Um, Crash course for athletes is one. Um, There are, there are many different programs that are really trying to kind of bridge that gap. I think in all honesty, right now, just across the board, there's not enough being done. Um, One thing is that we need to find more effective ways of educating both coaches and athletes um, and parents. We know that just having knowledge doesn't always translate to changes in behavior because you get in the heat of the game and you want to stay in. And, you know, we don't always report these injuries because there are many other factors and pressures not to. So just knowing doesn't necessarily mean we'll change behavior. So we need to be more effective in how we communicate that. Um, There's evidence to show from some research that I've been involved with and some other research that's come out recently that, uh, even though many state laws cover outside organizations, outside of schools, those coaches aren't necessarily getting the education and the parents aren't necessarily getting that. The athletes aren't getting that, even though they're supposed to be covered. And there's really no one who is enforcing that um, in most states at you know the non-school associated levels. So many kids are playing in club sports um, and outside leagues, but they're not necessarily being regulated or enforced. Um, So that's a really important thing. So I I think we could be doing better. And especially with parents and athletes, just giving them a a handout is not enough. And unfortunately that happens too often. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's very difficult. And um, that's something though, that Mm -hmm. for parents to be aware of and, and hopefully um, you know, there does become more of a standard standardization of the training and the awareness uh, of the risks and issues. The show will be right back, but we wanted to let you know that highlighting the best of youth sports is brought to you by our company, Numbers Don't Lie Productions. We're here to provide you with a highlight video editing resource to support your youth sports journey. 
We created a simple, quick, and low-cost process that helps you create highlights that document that journey and showcase your athletes. We have featured thousands of athletes in over 40 states and 50 countries. Schedule a free consultation and learn, learn more today at www.numbersdontlie.biz. Julie, obviously, uh, different sports have higher risk of uh, possible brain injuries. Can you discuss a few of the higher risk sports, um, why why they are at a higher risk and what parents and coaches can do to limit that risk? Yeah, so your sports at higher risk are the ones involving tackling, checking, heading, you know, where the head is naturally inherently part of the game. Uh, so football is at high, the highest risk of concussions. And there are a couple of studies that show maybe hockey or soccer for girls being worse, but the vast majority show that the highest concussion rates are in football. Uh, But that doesn't mean that these other sports are without potential risk, right? Hockey's high. um, Soccer is the highest for uh, women, for females, girls playing the sport. And, And why is that for, for women's soccer? That's a great question. And any sport that's comparable between uh, males and females, whether it's basketball or soccer or um, where the rules are similar, females always have a higher rate. And we're not entirely sure why. There are a few thoughts. One has to do with um, females just being more willing to report. Uh, We don't know that that's true. And that's definitely not true across the board, right? There are many um, girls that are playing soccer that don't want to report the injury because they want to stay in the game too. So um, that, I don't know if that's the best um, reasoning. Another has to do with neck strength and just overall strength in general and stability of of the head and neck that uh, females may not be able to stabilize as well as uh, males. And that results in larger accelerations and forces in the brain. Um, Also uh, potential just physiological differences between males and females, hormonal differences may play a role. Um, but we're not entirely sure yet. That's a very open area of study. Okay. So I, I know your book highlights uh, a lot of different myths um, th- that are that advocate for sports that also advocate for not playing sports. So can you just, just on a high level, can you just tell us what a few of those myths are? Uh, I, I do want to encourage everyone to uh, purchase and read this book, but uh, you know, with the limited time we have, mm-hmm. can you just highlight just a few of those myths? Yeah. And I just want to say first that I would, I don't advocate for not playing sports. I just advocate for playing a safer version. So nope. I think sports are so important and we shouldn't be getting rid of sports. We can just take out elements. Um, there are a lot of myths. One of the big myths is, you know, that you have to play a certain sport, a certain way when you're young in order to become a superstar. And that's just not true. We really need to focus on developing athleticism in young kids Mm -hmm. and some of the best athletes out there in whatever sport they may be in the best football players or hockey players are great overall athletes. And you could teach them the skills of many different sports relatively quickly, and they could be great at it because they're great athletes. So that's a really important thing. You know, Tom Brady didn't start playing tackle football until he was in ninth grade. And I don't think anybody would say he'd be better. Right. Right. (laughs) He's great. Um, and there's many other examples of that too. Um, Cole Caulf- Caulfield just played with the Canadians in the Stanley Cup final, and uh, checking in hockey was actually 
band um, at the bantam level uh, or peewee level. So it was banned before age 13 um, in 2011. So he would have been 10 when that happened. So he would have been caught up in that. And a lot of the other players um, who are coming into the league now, yet they're great. Like Cole Caulfield had an amazing Stanley Cup run. So I think, you know, that's just a myth, a big myth that you have to do it very young a certain way in order to be great. You can teach a lot of skills without hitting your head. Um, I think some other big myths that I see are that, you know, you can't get those benefits of sports without hitting your head. And that's just not true either. I played basketball, volleyball, softball, not sports that involved head impacts. And I learned so many life lessons and toughness. I consider myself to be a very tough person and I didn't have to hit my head to get that, (laughs) you know, that argument is kind of insulting to me if they're like, well, how are you going to teach them to be tough? Well, I learned, you know, and, um, and I didn't have to hit my head to do it. Um, helmets are not going to solve everything. That's another one. Your brain still moves within the skull. And, um, there are a few helmets that are better than others, but really money doesn't make a helmet better. Um, Virginia tech has great helmet ratings. And most helmets are rated very well. And there might be a $700 difference between them with no real difference in benefit. So that's a really big myth uh, as well. Okay. Now, um, can you kind of walk us through your book? Give us a high level outline of what, if a reader uh, goes to purchase and and read your book, what walk us through the outline of the book and and what they're going to get from it. Yeah. So The introduction section is uh, focused really on two main things, the benefits of sports. Um, As I said, that's something so important um, to address right away and the culture of sports and how the current culture in some cases can lead to reduced reporting and increased um, appreciation of the violence and how we can uh, maybe address those things to improve brain safety in sport. Then I really dive into the science and I really wanted to make that digestible and explain what do we know, not just about concussions, but also how the brain is developing in childhood and how that relates to these repetitive impacts and concussions, because we have to understand what's actually going on to understand what could potentially go wrong. Um, I talk a little bit about CTE, which, you know, it's not just a disease of NFL players and NHL players, um, but It's also, you know, I address how concerned do we need to be in youth sports? Then I dive into some of these myths, um, you know, about helmets, for example, or, you know, one sport being dangerous doesn't mean another sport isn't, (laughs) things like that. Um, And then I end with a section on what can we do? How can we improve safety in sports and try to provide some guidance for both coaches, parents, organizations, and how um, we can keep these sports but just make it safer for our athletes because nobody should just want to play a sport with their friend and end up with any long-term consequences. Now, uh, Julie, you are a three sport athlete, right? Mm -hmm. So how did participating in uh, youth sports uh, help shape who you are today? I can't imagine my life without having played youth sports the work ethic, I think was a big piece for me. You know, I, there was always room to improve. And, um, you know, I, I was that person out in the driveway shooting, you know, the basketball for hours. Um, 
And I think that's really carried over into my work, both my schooling, getting through my PhD, writing this book, um, you know, that, that grit that you need to just overcome anything or accomplish something. Um, you know, I didn't know what I was doing when I got in the process of writing a book, but I knew that I had the determination to figure it out and, and get through the process. And I think that's something that I picked up in sports that has just always carried me, um, that willingness to improve that grit to kind of fight through the, the hard parts and come out on the other side. Um, I also think, you know, I, I'm very active today. I love to play volleyball still. Um, I play basketball leagues. I run. And just that physical activity that I picked up as a kid is, is, has carried me even, you know, to today. So I think that's a really important piece as well. Yeah. You touched on so many good things. Actually, my next question was about how sports build character and, and, but you touched on all of those and it, it shapes who you are, all the qualities you mentioned. And that's something that is so vital in participating in sports and, and it, it's such a crossover in life. So um, yeah, that's all great information. And, and that's why we typically ask that question of our guests. So um, so is there anything else you want to share about the book before I uh, switch over to our rapid fire, um, uh, final rapid fire questions? Yeah. And I, I mentioned this earlier, but we have so many extremes right now, so many places in life. And this is one of those topics too. And it's something that people are really passionate about. And I really wanted to come in with a, a moderate voice and say, you know, what the science really tells us and, um, just kind of counter some of these myths. And I hope that parents and coaches and athletes find it um, beneficial and helpful and that they can get the best out of sports. So uh, now we're going to go to our final rapid fire questions. These are um, questions that we ask all of our guests. Uh, we have youth athletes on, and then we also have uh, coaches, authors, just different people that are impacting youth sports. So um, if you're ready, we'll go ahead and go right into the, the final questions. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Who inspired you as an athlete? Candace Parker was one Okay, that inspired me. And she, we were, were pretty close in age actually, but I played with her at a camp in Chicago uh, when I was younger and it, she was amazing. And I followed her all the way through. And even though we were close in age, she just was always somebody that made me want to be better. Excellent. Now who, who inspires you uh, in your professional field? Oh, there are so many. Um, I think uh, Dr. Robert Cantu is a, a big one. Um, he is just a, a legend in this field who has been part of many different committees and many different sports and can promote sports while also advocating to make them safer, which I think is really important. What's the best piece of leadership advice you've received? Ooh, also a great question. Um, one of the best pieces of advice I received was never do something that you wouldn't also do yourself. So that could be, you know, in a, you know, I, I teach and I have TAs, you know, if I'm not willing to grade something or do something, I shouldn't have them do it or coaching. You know, if I'm not willing to run that sprint, maybe we shouldn't, you know, we, I should be able to do that with my athletes, that kind of thing. So I think doing, being willing to do something that you're going to have, um, those you're leading do. Who's your favorite athlete and why? 
Also a great question. Gosh, there's, you know, there's so many great ones. Um, and I think it goes from season to season, right? Yeah. I think right now Giannis has to be my favorite athlete. I mean, he's playing in the finals right now and, um, he's just been great in the community around Milwaukee and, um, I'm in Madison and, um, I, yeah, he's really fun to watch. Okay. And who, who's your favorite coach and why? Hmm. Um, I like, and uh, her name is slipping me right now. Um, I believe her name is Becky and she is a coach for the Spurs. Becky Hammond. Yes. Becky Hammond. I can't believe I forgot her name, but she is just tough. She's a great ball player and she's really breaking through, you know, the first woman breaking through in the NBA. And I think that's awesome. So, yeah, um, I think she's going to be a head coach here very soon. So I hope so. I hope so. You know, she was up from Milwaukee, but, um, we're in the talks anyway, and I hope she gets a head coaching spot soon. All right. I, I'm just glad you didn't say Mike McCarthy, uh, former Green Bay coach, because he's now my coach with my team, which is the Cowboys. So and uh, I don't like him. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, yeah no. I wouldn't say that one. <laughs> okay, Julie, where can people uh, get the book uh, and where can they follow you and find out more about the gr- great work that you're doing? Uh, they can get the book on Amazon or really any of their favorite uh, retailers, Kindle and um, hard hardback as well. Um, you can go to my website, juliestam.com. I have links there as well. And you can follow me at Julie Stam PhD. Uh, that's two M's in Stam. And um, that's on Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram as well. Yep. And I'll, and I'll put links to all that stuff uh, in the notes as well. So Great. Thank you. Okay. Well, I just want to say thank you. It's great to meet you. Great to learn about the book. And I'm interested. um, I'm looking forward to getting it and reading all about it. And I want to thank you again for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of highlighting the best of youth sports. Be sure and subscribe and please help us reach more people by leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. If you or someone you know are interested in learning more about Numbers Don't Lie and what we do, what programs and services we offer for athletes, and how to get your athlete involved, be sure to visit numbersdontlie.biz. Until our next episode, go out and win the day and never miss your opportunity to be great. Thanks for listening to Highlighting the Best of You Sports.